from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and In the Spotlight. But we kick off today's program with a new edition of Here in Taiwan. and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Thursday, June 11th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello. Up next, we'll be telling you 20, count them, 20 things that people from overseas find absolutely unbelievable about Taiwan. Then uh, we've heard about strange political stunts, but this has to be one of the weirdest ones I've ever heard of coming out of Taiwan. We'll give you a hint. It involves chopsticks. And finally, you may not be able to visit Taiwan with the whole COVID-19 business still going on, but we'll be telling you at least one place online where you can still get a taste of Taiwanese culture. All that coming up next. Please stick around. that Taiwan has a few tricks up its sleeve, a few things that uh, probably anyone from any other part of the world might find a bit surprising, but I probably couldn't put together a list of 20. That, <laughs> that's something I probably couldn't do. So uh, what sorts of things are we talking about, first of all? Are all these, right. there categories or...? Uh, no, it's just all kinds of things. It's just a list of 20. So okay. should we start from the top? I guess we should. Well, let's save the... Is there a, is there, are they ordered in any way? Is it um, the weirdest one? Is there a... Well, so then I should start from 20. Okay, why not? <laughs> all right. Um, 20 is actually there are just too many drink shops just so many different kinds of drink shops okay I mean it's true there well, is well, a well, lot we need to explain what we mean by drink oh, shops oh yeah sure they're These made right there in are yeah. uh, sort of stands although there are storefronts a lot of times yes. that sell uh, different tea based usually drinks usually tea based they can be very sugary, actually, and yes. they can they come in many blends with, with fruit, with bubbles. Milk tea is also sold, and with chewable stuff. Yeah, yeah, tapioca balls, um, that sort of stuff. Not the best for you, but a very popular. And yeah, they are on pretty much every corner. Yeah, it's made to order. Like you can say less sugar or more ice cubes or whatever. Yeah, so it's uh, there. are these kind of uh, drink stands that are all over the place. They're so popular that actually scooters uh, mm. have little special drink holders, like little hooks that you can hang your bag oh, yeah. drink on. Although I guess they're getting rid of plastic bags these days. So yep. You're supposed to bring your own that may like, soon drink be holder. A thing of the past. Anyway, right. okay, drink okay. shops. All right, in 19th place is Ming Su Liao Fa. It's like these... Um, these are treatments? Uh, yeah, these things? are medical, yeah, theoretical treatments uh, kind of used in a traditional way. Are you talking about that's Chinese medicine in general or are you talking about things like it's, blind massage? That's it, because, you know, the report itself doesn't go into detail on all the 20th stuff, okay. 20 things. So this is the only thing that it says. So I guess people couldn't imagine, foreigners can't imagine, like you go to um, these traditional therapeutic massage, or not massage, but maybe... Um, 
Chinese medicine kind of um, you know way of dealing with sores and muscle aches, aches and stuff. I think I've been to one. It was pretty yeah. effective, actually. Well, you know, I think um, Natalie, our colleague, has been to used to go to one like somewhere outside of Taipei City, uh, where this guy kind of uses the backside of a knife oh, and to yes. go chop, chop, chop on your shoulder Those or are dull whatever. Knives. Huh? Yeah, every, once, every yeah. once in a while that does make some. Uh, like it was on the BBC <laughs> one time, I think. It yeah. sounds scary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. It's sort of like more physical manipulation because the word you used is like folk remedies. Right. So I don't think we're talking about Chinese medicine, which is highly regulated here, actually. Right. Um, we're right. More things like for sore muscles, sore muscles, and things like that. Right. Neck hurts. Okay. Okay. In 18th place, that I'm not sure if I agree with this. Is the most Taiwanese women talk with a. Uh, a sort of like a girlish voice, and I'm going like, oh, really? <laughs> but anyway, I don't really agree with that. Yeah, I don't kind of agree with that. Anyway, in 17th place, that most bread made in Taiwan are sweet on the sweet side, which I think yes. I have a bread maker at home, so yeah, I, you know, it's um, yeah, um, I that, would, I don't think that's universally the case though. Um, we have a number of quite nice bakeries here. Oh yeah, now we do. And not that I'm really into bread myself. If you want like a baguette or something, that's not going to be sweet. No. So, no okay. Right. Okay. Sweet bread. Yes. And 16th place says that most food is cheap. So, so it's, what's shocking about that? Well, I think I they mean eating out is inexpensive. <laughs> Compared to maybe their own country. Eating out is inexpensive in Taiwan. Right, okay. yeah. And in 15th place, um, e-commerce is very popular and very convenient. So Very cheap, too. I think the, 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 the reason that uh, uh, most people here will notice that if they're not into e-commerce themselves, I don't really buy things online, is, because, is for two oh, reasons. I'm a big one. Yeah. One is that, and this does annoy me, um, oh. When you are at a convenience store and the everyone oh. in front of you has ordered something <laughs> online, the clerks okay. can never find any of it. It's all stuffed into various cabinets and yeah. in drawers and in some smaller convenience stores all over the floor. You the, should probably go during off rush hours. But if you have to get something like, <laughs> for instance, sometimes I'm in a hurry. I need a microwavable meal stat. And like okay. there's like, and I'm holding all this stuff and I'm about to drop it everywhere. Oh. And the person in front of me has ordered five packages and they're all in different places and the clerk has to spend ten, and they're the only one clerk there yeah. and it's yeah the other reason and this is also a, a, a bit annoying is uh sometimes if they del- choose to deliver it to their home mm, the mm, people mm. will walk to right under their windows and start sh- shrieking at the top of so and so on the third floor oh really and it's really annoying well it hasn't happened to me i mean i pr- i do prefer online shopping but only deliver it to my house yeah so do they and which is convenient no, because we actually have um, someone at the at the front oh, desk. Oh, so you know, like ordinary apartments. Yeah. They just stand and they like wake the whole neighborhood up. It's really annoying. In 14th place, that Thomas people are not afraid of earthquakes. No. And you know what? It's funny because it says here. But are we not though? Because. Um, I'm not. At the first. <laughs> well, then why does everyone, and this is a definitely a Taiwanese social phenomenon, feel the need to immediately go on Facebook and tell everyone about it? That's it. If it's not scary, then why, That's, why is it worth reporting? Right. Well, well, yeah, but then there's one particular, you know, one particular foreigner who said that, you know, um, not that the Taiwanese next door to her, I mean, next, you know, next table over started running out, but instead he went to his mobile and started texting everybody, hey, there's an earthquake right now. It's like, yeah, we kind of noticed. Although sometimes I don't feel an earthquake until no. I go home. My husband says there was an earthquake just like that's, two minutes ago. That's okay. happened to me. I didn't feel it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, okay. okay. In 13th place, oh, um, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel bad about this. Uh, people, Taiwanese people like to ask personal questions, they, even like on a first acquaintance. They um, don't know how to how to make small talks before they get to like you know. I think there's <laughs> different questions. standards about what's considered appropriate. <laughs> right. That's all, and I don't. I've never really been really asked been asked any personal much. questions. Relationship status is one that I find annoying. Yeah, um, I think that seems to be the common in, one. Income comes up. Do you have from a boyfriend? Time time. Do you have a girlfriend? You know, like yeah. Kind of thing. Income yeah. comes up from time to time. Yeah, but Again, I've not come across people asking how much money you make. I have. Really? Yeah. That that that, that I think is kind of rude. Personally, okay. too. Well, people anyway. ask it, so. Yeah. And then in 12th place, that people like to eat, oops, oh, hot pot. We just love hot food and, and hot pot. It's just it's kind so of convenient. a strange obsession, not really. Because <laughs> it really it's like not. Whether it's know. summer or, or winter, it's hot pot all the way. I have a few friends on Facebook who are always posting about how they want to go eat hot pot. And I feel like I just saw the same message from them a week before. Yeah. Like, not to me, just like out to the world. Like, I think this is a good day for hot pot. It's like, didn't you really just <laughs> posted pictures of yourself yesterday eating hot pot? <laughs> I know. It's so convenient. Anyway, um, in 11th place, that, oh, yeah, we've got the greatest subway system. It's the cleanest and it's the most orderly. We have, but like, really only one at the moment, though. Yeah. Kaohsiung doesn't really, I mean, they have one, but. They I've have, been told. I've been, been told unequivocally by local people there that we don't ride that. We ride yeah, I know. scooters. I know. So I think it's we have a good system. Mm-hmm. That's in Taipei, basically. <laughs> yep. And then in tenth place, that uh, we just got all sorts of breakfast places. Whether you want it Chinese or Western or a mix in between, I mean, just all sorts of breakfast places. I mean, that's true because I'm trying to think like. Where I grew up, where would you get breakfast? There's, yeah. a, there's donuts and bagels, and that's about your options. I know. And then apparently there's a Korean guy who's been living in town for some time, and his mother came visiting, and she was just really surprised, you know, when she was brought to one of those uh, soy milk places for breakfast. They're open and 24 hours a day. I know. And the mother goes, "Why well, envy Taiwanese women because they don't have to cook then? Because most no, you Asians want to eat that all the time. <laughs> because you know, most Asians and Europeans they eat breakfast, they cook." their own breakfast before they leave the house right. yeah so yeah anyway. but i mean you wouldn't want to eat that all the time yeah like every meal it's a bit greasy right and i think we've kind of covered this ninth one uh in ninth place before in, in similar kind of quest uh topic was that when you see a foreigner you just want to speak english even though you don't speak any english or your your english is very poor oh i had right. this happen to me at the post office recently right really and like he could only manage like every other word that was English. Right, you were like, already talking to him in Chinese, right? And, but, and he and, come back to like, you in English. And like, no, I'm in Finnish law. I'm like, well, <laughs> why did you have to do that for? You could have just like. <laughs> oh yeah, that is funny. okay <laughs> All right. And now, it, now y'all fill just your forms. Right. Now, it's like, okay, you it's can just like, pick one or the other. Like. Well, I remember one time, uh, many years ago, I was in a job interview and I was really impressed only because, you know, the guy came back, you know, like he was saying all in Chinese and then suddenly he says repertoire. And I was going like, whoa, how did you learn that? Uh, that, <laughs> that I've, I've noticed that sort of thing where yeah. it's like a, a half-hearted, like not half-hearted, but right. a limited English, but they make the use of what they have. Uh, I think that interview was, he was trying to impress me that okay. he also knows English. Were you impressed? <laughs> I was. Okay, there you go. At the moment. So it worked. Right. And then in eighth place, we just love wearing facial masks everywhere we go. And foreigners, they think that it's only when you're sick that you wear a mask. But then when they see so many people wearing masks in Taiwan, they say, 
Are you all sick people? I mean, is Taiwanese people prone to getting sick? You know, there are different reasons for wearing them. Right. Um, a lot of people uh, wear them when they're riding scooters to keep like all the all the dirt, the air pollution. Oh yeah, when you're yeah. riding, like there's it can become a bit dirty. Yeah, 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 it does. Okay, in seventh place, we just love to treat people to dinners and lunches. We just like to treat people. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, there is a formality. It's like, well, last time you treat me, so it's my turn to treat you. And okay. Yeah, yeah. And then in sixth place, just too many motorcycles, scooters all over. Hmm. It's they, it is a scary. really. Um, <laughs> well, we have some daredevils. Let's yes. put it that way. Yeah, and the thing is that uh, Europeans like to walk everywhere, even if it's a twenty-minute walk, but. Taiwanese people just like to hop on the, um, the scooter, even if it's like, you know, a minute walk away or, you know, like two minute walk away. We have very different measures of distance generally. <laughs> I think like what's considered a long drive. Yeah, it's, it's all quite, quite relative. Yeah, yeah. And then in fifth place, we often like to say, oh, excuse me, or I'm sorry. There's a lot of apologies, yeah. Yes. But yeah, I don't think that's a agree. Taiwanese thing. I've, there's lots of nationalities other, that, are, that you know, I am Japanese people, Japanese British people. people. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, So I don't think that's necessarily unique to Taiwan Right And then in fourth place um, We like to get in line for everything If we see a line, we get in line But Europeans... If they have to wait more than 15 minutes for food, then they say, forget it. Yeah, that's fine. me. And yeah. I've had that become an issue, actually, sometimes. So like, <laughs> there is another restaurant with no line right. next door. Let's just eat there. We, we're, we're, you know, come on, we're like, our time is... No, this is, the rest, this is a well-known restaurant. Yeah. It's like, well, is it that good? It, you know, spoiler alert, it was not that good. But. Actually, personally, if I don't see a line in front of a restaurant, I thought maybe the food is not that good. You know? See, that's the thing, though, like... <laughs> There's a there's this uh, anticipation that well whatever's at the end of the line must be worth waiting for if so many other people are are yeah. lined up. Yeah, and in third place we have the greatest national health insurance program. We do. We actually go to the doctors even if we just got a slight cold. I That's what up that the report said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in second place um, we've got the greatest twenty four hour convenience stores. It's just amazing. They're everywhere. Every hmm. corner you turn, there's one. It's just incredible incon- uh, convenience, not inconvenience. And you can just about do any kind of service at these convenience stores. You don't just sell food and right. stuff. And that is a blessing and a curse, as we know with a bit <laughs> about the packages. It's not just that. Yeah. I mean, the, these uh, clerks really are trained to do a million different things. They know how to operate photocopiers. Yes. They know how to help people order tickets Orders, on their yeah. ticket ordering machine. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be in charge of an ATM if anything goes wrong with that and yeah. nobody to call and then you can pay your course, credit card um, you know bills oh the, and, your uh, utility bills too that's another oh, yeah. one that takes forever <laughs> um, yeah, if right. and let's see what, what else I mean they, yeah they have to be knowledgeable about all sorts of things uh, I know yeah, thinking about in the interview, you know, how you would qualify for a job working there. And also um, coffee, they're baristas. Yes, um, so they have freshly made coffee, so you get in line for that. And yes, sometimes you get a little annoyed when you somebody in front of you order a like fresh three food, things. coffee. Like, oh, come on. Like, okay. I want one thing. But it amazes me how these convenience storekeepers, they really, really make quick you know like they are usually pretty coffee. good coffee they're they, they you know they, they trained well and they're this. sort of like waiters too because they microwave full meals and yeah. they're, they always have to keep track of which customers which got got put in which microwave which, yeah um and most recent the most recent thing i saw i have not seen this before this is new even to me um there's a convenience store near me that i was at the other day that has a bookstore inside of it 
Oh. Like a, not a store, but like a corner. Like they've yeah. teamed up with some publisher. Wow. And they have all kinds of like kids books and stuff. And it's like, wow, they have, you can. Yeah. And another, this is and, also, we, we, this ties in also with the um, not wanting to go anywhere without on a scooter. We have one on opposite corners very frequently. Yeah. Sometimes it's because they're competing chains mm-hmm. and it's a good location. But a lot of times it's because people it's can't just, be bothered to wait for the red light to cross, the green light to exactly, cross the street. Exactly, to cross the street. We're so lazy. You know, we're just. <laughs> All, all for convenience and all everything. All right, we're getting towards the top. I'm excited. But, okay, um, you want to take a guess? Well, where are we now? What haven't we? What, what, what number one? You no, have to guess what number to, one so is. We got to number one. Yeah, what's number oh, one? Oh wow! Um, what are we? What are we? What are we famous for? What are we what famous for? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Somewhere you go at night. Night markets. Yeah, it says that night markets have so many different kinds of food. It is just shocking. To foreigners, that's People what they say. Are, well, it is so cheap. A lot of it is because um, night market fare is, as it's traditionally known, is pretty uh, standardized. It's the same everywhere. So you have to stand yes, out, which means yes. there are some very unusual There's, things. I know, I know. Um, and so people try to, to out-create out of one another. Yeah, um, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, though. Like, the, the things that I find weird are and still kind of do because a lot of this doesn't even register anymore which didn't make it on the list here oh yeah oh what um so there's there are little things but things that just i still i will never understand for instance and i think this is probably the biggest one for me why does everyone why are there these uh blood pressure what are they called measurers everywhere oh yeah even at rti right why um, do we have one it's, it's not um, a doctor's office no it isn't why would you need to, in the middle of your lunch break, oh, I think I'll go measure my blood pressure now. Like, who is that for? <laughs> and it's not just here in our, in our uh, lobby, not our lobby, in our sort of second, second floor lobby floor. that we have it. Yeah. They're everywhere in a bizarre convenience store near me has one too. It's yes. like, what, what is that there for? Do you think there's is, it, is there some of- urgent medical reason that you need to measure your, would need to measure your blood pressure in the middle of the workday? That to uh, me is the strangest thing. Yeah, I have a negative connotation here. I'm I'm thinking that maybe because a lot of Taiwanese people have like high blood pressure. But why does, to- why in your workplace would you need that? I mean, a defibrillator I could understand, but like <laughs> right. well, okay. I mean, you know who I find And I've seen people use it too. Yeah, testing it all the time is the cafeteria downstairs, the the wife of the cook. Is that who? Yeah, oh, she's okay. always It's not just her. There are some people from some of the I'm I just know. like what, what do you need to do that now for? Like if you're not in a doctor's office. <laughs> I don't know. People want to feel Do you have to monitor it throughout the safe? day or I don't quite get it. Anyway. Okay. I don't know. Lots of politicians in Taiwan like to make silly vows about yes. if the election goes such and such a way or whatever, I'll do this ridiculous thing. And mostly, they never follow through. I know. Um, I think I'll, the most common one was like, I'll jump in a river or something like that. I saw, yeah. That didn't, I remember that politician. That was the last election. That didn't happen. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. This politician followed through. And I kind of wish that he hadn't, because the resulting video is very disturbing. Oh, no. <laughs> this is, let's put it lightly, not safe for work. Um, okay. Um, uh, basically, I'm going to put this lightly. He crushed 53 pairs of chopsticks with his buttocks and Why? filmed it. Okay, here's the story. <laughs> Why? Is that not the weirdest thing you've heard of? Why on earth he would He lost do that? a bet. 
And it was a bit about the recent recall vote of former mayor, I guess now, Han Guoyu of Kaohsiung. Okay. A Taipei city councilor, who I guess is a fan, or at least didn't think that the recall vote was going to go anywhere. Uh, he also happens to be a YouTuber, which I guess makes him a fan of spectacle to begin with. He said that in May that there would be no more than 400,000 people like turning out for the vote. And okay. that for every 10,000 votes above this, he would smash a pair of chopsticks. I don't Apparently, Why? he saw this on some Japanese TV show that was oh. 20 years ago. Okay. And you know how those variety shows are. Yes. They do stupid things. Yes, um, I used to live in Japan, I know. Well, well they do that here, too. We've copied <laughs> okay. that model. Well, yeah, that's true. But that's true. He actually has experience doing this. He did this before, okay. uh, apparently. And so... Uh, for some reason, having done it in public once before it didn't deter him from doing it again. It looks very painful. Um, I mean, all 53 pairs at the same time? Not all at the same. Well, some of them. He did like three in a one go. Oh, okay. Um, and to his horror, yeah. over 939,000 residents voted, which meant 53.909 chopsticks. <laughs> he did it! They thought he wouldn't do it because on the day of the vote, there was no... No response, no. nothing from him. No right. crickets. Then on J- June 8th, uh, he released a teaser on his Facebook page announcing he would follow through. I'm not going to repeat w- what he called this challenge. Um, okay. It's definitely, again, not safe for work. Okay. He fortunately had at least underwear on while he did this, but uh, it looks like. Uh, but only underwear? Yeah. Ooh, it was, like ouch. I said, not safe for work. And yes, ouch. he got a splinter. Oh, that's what ew. he said. I hope I didn't watch all that. I don't think we saw anything. He reportedly got a splinter anyway. Um, so this he, is crazy. Wait a minute. So he put the chopsticks on oh, so where? I don't a chair? Wanna, no, I don't no. want to discuss oh, it. Okay. Um, we the Yikes. details aren't important, but okay. I think the fact that he did it is strange. Right. And uh, yeah, well, really. at least at least, and this is what some of the people who commented said: doing what you promised. That's what I call a real politician. Oh, okay. So. Um, <laughs> Um, so there's that. That happened on the internet this week (laughs) in Taiwan. Wow. Now for something a bit more highbrow, shall we say. Uh, The Taipei Cultural Center in New York has launched an online showcase celebrating Taiwan's performing arts. And it's coinciding with New York's reopening. It's been a lot of these uh, performances that had been scheduled and were canceled because of COVID-19. And uh, they're going to be... I don't understand why there's like a time limit on this, but they're putting them on YouTube... Only from June 8th to August 31st. I don't see why they don't just leave them there. Um, Um, I don't know. They want... Copyright issues? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There are 10 issues. This is called, by the way, Taiwan Eye. Taiwan is one word, and then I like your eyes. Oh, okay. It's E-Y-E, but the E-Y-E is all in caps. Uh-huh. It's uh, 10 videos that spotlight excerpts of traditional Peking opera, modern dance theater, and indigenous acapella performances. Wow. And all of them were supposed to show up at the International Society for Performing Arts 2020 Congress in Taipei. Um, that event didn't happen obviously, and there would have been, it's a, it's a shame, there would have been hundreds of art directors and curators from around the world to witness it, but mm. um, they're giving it to the people of New York, I guess, but I guess anyone can look at it. Uh, it's up now. 
And I mean, it pretty much follows what uh, all artists elsewhere in the world have been doing during this pandemic, having to resort to digital digital platforms instead of live performances. Right. Um, oh, and our National Symphony Orchestra has also arranged a series of live streaming concerts. Uh, this was last month to calm and soothe people's minds. So mm. I don't think I think that may be part of this program. It's not very clear, uh, mm. but at least we'll get to see some traditional opera. And we are well known for our modern dance troops as well. Uh, I know the the Shengyun troupe. So if you want to go on YouTube, you can get a taste of what would have been uh, a show held here in Taipei anyway. So I guess why not? Um, well, that's a really pretty variety of um, performance to watch and hear and listen. That's really great. Right. Um, the groups involved include the Taipei Liyuan Peking Opera Theater, Cloud Gate Dance Theater, which I think is probably the most famous modern dance group from Taiwan. They're mm-hmm. all over the world. Bula Rayang Dance Company, the Okai Singers, Resident Island Dance Theater, Thai Body Theater, Guangatsui Theater, Horse Dance Theater. That's interesting. Oh. I wonder if they do like pantomime horses. You know, I know. <laughs> I think I know that group. Really? Yeah, it's the the character for horse three times in one character. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's and called a bin, I think. There's also a, a group called Riverbed Theater and La Cie Max Mind. So that's quite an array of performances you can watch that, all the yeah, time. Awesome. So be sure to check it out. All right, with that, we end today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Don't go anywhere just yet, though. Coming up next, it's Hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and In the Spotlight. Welcome to this week's edition of Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. This week, we're going to deviate from the lighthearted and explore a bit of a global topic. Now, for those of you that don't know, I'm an American, and I've been following the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the States. As I read about the protests calling for reform and change, that got me to wondering what the Taiwanese community thinks about what's going on. By Taiwanese community, I mean, you know, Taiwanese American communities, groups, or maybe even groups in Taiwan itself. To my surprise, there was quite a bit of commentary and support from Taiwanese groups, artists, and individuals for the current Black Lives Matter movement going on in the U.S. I would venture to say that an even broader trend is how the entire Asian community as a whole is coming together in support of Black Lives Matter. The most interesting thing I found in my research this week was a fascinating article that drew connections between the movements in Taiwan in the past and what's going on now. Remember, if there's ever an online topic you think I should cover for Hashtag Taiwan, then feel free to reach out to me on the RTI Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International. Also, if you'd like to see the video version, our videos are available on RTI's YouTube page, which is also Radio Taiwan International. Without further ado, here's this week's show. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about something a little more serious. I want to talk to you about what's going on in the United States of America. 
You might have seen this image plastered all over your Instagram. It shows support for the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement. But organizers are asking people not to use that hashtag with this image because it prevents people from getting vital information. So instead of showing you a black screen, I'm going to talk about how the Taiwanese community has come together to help. Most recently, people are protesting the death of this man, George Floyd. Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota when a white police officer knelt on his neck for eight minutes, suffocating him. Floyd's offense? He was accused of using a counterfeit $20 bill and resisting arrest. American citizens are protesting because Floyd is just one of many black people killed at the hands of police and in racist incidents. Taiwanese American communities have come together to show support for Black Lives Matter on social media. The Taiwanese American Citizens League retweeted this image by Asian-American artist Kalayaan Mendoza, which says Taiwanese for Black Lives. In the center is a raised fist, a symbol of black power. Mendoza is of Filipino heritage, but he's customized his design for various Asian communities. As Mei Wei Jun Wong also tweeted out her own picture showing a pair of hands entwined in solidarity. Duke professor Eileen Chow on Twitter responded to a question asking how someone might translate Black Lives Matter into Chinese. She proposed the phrase Heiming Wu Jia, which translates to Black Lives Are Priceless. It's a play on words because it can also be read as Black Lives Are Given No Worth. Yellow peril is a term historically used in the United States to describe the threat Asians pose to Western society. Asian Americans have since reclaimed the term as a form of empowerment. Take a look at this image. Asians can show support for black people without suggesting that we know exactly what they've been through. The slogan here is, I understand that I will never understand, however I stand. While the experience is different, Taiwan history might provide some hope. Alton Wong points out that Taiwanese Americans should remember that Taiwan's democratic roots were the riots that faced a brutal crackdown by the government, killing thousands and leading to white terror and martial law. Martial law only ended because of continued protests and actions taken by the people. For more information, I highly recommend this article. We'll have a link below. That's all I have for you this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and show support for one another. Radio Taiwan International. In today's Taiwan Explained, I'm going to tell you why we protest. All right, Natalie, we've got 60 seconds on the clock. You ready? Yes. All right, go. In 1967, at Stanford University, Dr. Martin Luther King explained why people riot. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. Certain conditions continue to exist in our society, which must be condemned as vigorously as we condemn riots. 
But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. Psychologists say there's a tipping point when shared anger ignites collective action. In the U.S., it was the video of George Floyd being killed by the police. The Tiananmen protests were sparked by the death of pro-reform Communist Party chairman Hu Yaobang. In Taiwan, a similar student democracy protest began in March 1990, after National Assembly members extended their own terms and gave themselves a raise. Last year, an extradition law incited Hong Kong protesters who were afraid Beijing would take away their freedom. People protest when they don't trust the system and the authorities. We protest out of fear of what will happen if we don't. Excellent job, Thanks, Andrew. That was great. Gave you a couple seconds. Extra. I think I needed that. That's it, a big topic. It's a big topic, and I think it's really important to yeah. get all the way through it. Thanks. Yeah, so thanks for that. And that is our Taiwan Explained for the week. Dinner is served. Join Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu as they sample their way through Taiwan's culinary delights. Andrew, I thought we said no more intestines. <clears throat> That's on Feast Meets West. Every Saturday, only on Radio Taiwan International. Radio for refined palates. From a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei, the people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. This is Victoria. From the London Underground to the Taipei Metro. The people of our world are going places. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. And today my guest is David Ting, who is the founder of a cram school in Taipei called SK2 TOEFL. And, um, you know, his major was uh, in foreign languages and literature at the, the top university in Taiwan that would have been uh, National Taiwan University. Anyway, let's welcome David. Hi, David. Hello, Shirley. Yes. Thank you so much for coming in. And you know what? Um, I think I find you, your life to be, you know, uh, worth talking about. So let's start from the top. You know, it's just like, okay, for well, you studied uh, foreign languages and literature in NTU. Mm -hmm. um, was that your interest? I mean, it was really your interest from the very start. Right. Uh, I think when I was a kid, I realized I had a lot of interest in learning about different cultures and different languages. That's when I decided that in the future, I might want to study, learn different languages. And I was interest, really interested in reading different books as well by different authors. So I realized also that literature would be something that I wanted to devote my life to. So uh, when I was in university, I started writing as well. And I started reading from different languages, from different authors. So yeah, I would say it was my interest. But translated versions of those books, right? Because you read in Chinese better than other languages. Right. Okay. So do you think you take this after your parents? 
Or they also like, you know, they love to write, they love to read and everything. Because usually it's the parents that ingrain these, you know, habits in their children. I would say so, yes. My dad reads a lot. And my mom, I, had, I think she has good language talents. She sings very well as well. Oh. But it wasn't until a few years back uh, before my grandma passed away. I helped her write a memoir. So she was 93 back at the time, I think. And she kept telling us stories about her childhood, about how she was growing up. So one day I decided that I would invite her to write about her life. And she never really went to school because she was on the run for her entire life, mm. basically, until like she turned 30 or so and moved to Taiwan. And after I started reading her and helped her edit her memoir, I realized that I probably inherited the uh, writing talent from her because yeah. although she never really went to school, huh. she could write sentences that I don't think a lot of people can. So wow. yeah, I think family has a lot to do with, you know, what a child okay. has. Okay, okay. That is amazing. Wow. Never really gone to school and able to write that well. That's a, that's a prodigy. That's, you know, a gifted kid. <laughs> I was really impressed as well. Like uh, yeah. my grandma kept telling me how she tried to learn uh, words from the newspapers. Like she would bring the papers around and ask people what the different yeah, yeah, characters yeah. mean. And, yeah. Oh, Okay. So she's got a good brain, you know, I guess. Very good memory. And yeah, very, very good, good memory. memory. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What kind of books did you like to read? Actually, all kinds of books, you were saying. Right. But mainly novels. Because novels. Uh, I guess I was interested in the story of people's lives. So biographies Through novels. Well. Novels, yeah. Well, I mean, usually I think of novels as being like fictional stories. True. But I think what can be imagined can be lived. So if a person, for example, if I write a story, then I think it's natural for readers to imagine, oh, so is this your life or do you want to live a life like that? A lot of times it's yes. Right. I think novels inspire imaginations, inspire people to live different lives. Even horror movies made from these novels. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't read a lot of horror. So. Because that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Now, anyway, I'm sure that my listeners got to listen to a bit of your English already. As I've said to you before the interview, that I was really amazed by how fluent your English is, even though you've only spent a year and a half abroad, and the rest of the time it's been, you've been here home in Taiwan. Has a lot of people told you that, that your English is so good that it's, you sound almost like a native speaker? Yes, I would say, uh, since, in, since high school. Yeah, well, you must be an inspiration to a lot of Taiwanese people because they all want to improve their English. Every one of them says that, but then they just, I don't know, they, they have problems with really speaking well because, I mean, I guess for one, and they will probably use this as an excuse because it's not an English-speaking environment. But still, um, what would you tell a Taiwanese who has never been abroad, who really wants to improve my English, and come to you and says, help me, How, what should I do? What would you say? Okay, since uh, I run a school that teaches English as well, so I actually tell my students that if you're motivated enough, if you want to speak English or any other language well enough, then I guess you will naturally try to create your own English-speaking environment. For example, I remember when I was in high school, I usually speak English to myself because I want to listen to myself. Do I sound similar to uh, the voice from the radio station, from the American TV series, things like that? So you record your own voice I record and then my play own back voice. on it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Or I just murmur to myself in English to uh -huh. see if I can just keep talking. Uh -huh. Despite what I'm, whatever, I have no idea. I probably had no idea back then what I was saying. Yeah. But I just wanted to hear myself speaking English. And I think that would give me confidence to keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, for example, a lot of our students at the moment, they want to study abroad one day. I guess what I 
ask them to imagine is them speaking English fluently with foreigner people, communicating their thoughts. And if they can really picture that, I think they will have enough motivation and naturally they will find their own ways to try to improve their English.、Mm. Despite the fact that in Taiwan it's maybe difficult to speak to other people in English, I think they can always speak to themselves. How do you speak to yourself? <laughs> you know, you just murmur. Just murmur? Yeah, for example, when I was learning、uh, Taiwanese or when I was learning Japanese, what I do is I wake up and I start murmuring in those languages to myself to just, again, to hear myself speaking the language. I think that gives me confidence. Even though I don't know a lot of vocab, I still you know, try, try, to, try to keep it up. So, David, you were telling me how you just love languages and you've been self teaching yourself、uh, different languages. So, you've ta- self taught yourself Japanese and you. You're pretty confident saying that you speak very fluent Japanese, right? I, I right? wouldn't say that.、Uh, didn't you say that before? <laughs> okay. I thought my Japanese was passable. Passable. Okay.、Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so, what, what other languages have you tried learning on your own?、Uh, I took Spanish when I was、okay. in university. Okay. But I failed that because、uh, I think back then I realized that the, the, the way schools teach languages don't really fit me. Because、mm. I think what was important for me in the beginning is to be able to speak. Like, yeah. Despite my grammar, despite my limited vocab, for me to hear myself speaking the language is, is the most important thing. I don't mind not remembering a lot of vocab or knowing the grammar, knowing how to structure sentences. I think the first thing was that. But back then, schools usually focus on those things. So. Yeah.、Um, that makes, that、um, reminds me. My daughter, one of my daughters,、um, she actually took、uh, Spanish just for fun, just you know, before graduating. She thought, why not learn a language? And so she took Spanish. And I actually told her, I said that、uh, when I was in high school,、um, we had to graduate with a foreign language. So we could choose Japanese. Or, this was in Tokyo. I was told. That Spanish would be the easiest language to learn、mm-hmm. uh, if you want to be able to, you know, if you want to, to graduate. Right. And, and I told her that. But actually, she almost failed Spanish because she found it really, really difficult. And I'm thinking now of what you just said. Maybe it's the way it was taught. So she went into that class th- really excited about learning the Spanish language, but coming out disappointed and discouraged. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Right. Because am I wrong in saying that Spanish is like probably one of the easiest languages to learn out of all the languages in the world? Well, I guess that depends on the different forms of language. For example, are you trying to read in Spanish or to speak, speak in Spanish? Speak, I guess. I don't、uh, know. From my understanding, the, the way verbs change. Can、oh, be difficult. Oh, oh, okay. So I think in the beginning of Spanish lessons, <laughs>、okay. they usually focus on that instead of, for example, giving you sentences that you can actually speak directly to Spanish speaking people.、Mm-hmm. But back then, it was my first priority. Like when I was in university, there were a lot of exchange students from、uh, Spanish speaking countries. So what I wanted to achieve was when I saw them, I could say hi to them in Spanish. I could have simple conversations with them in Spanish. That would make them happy and that would make me happy as well. But when I was in that class, I didn't think it was the major goal of the class.、Mm-hmm. All right, so. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I guess, you know, the problem it is with Taiwan is that it's all like passing exams. Like, that's the ideal. And so maybe these languages are taught so they can pass the exam and go on. But,、um, but then you come out of it not even learning how to speak. I mean, maybe you can read and you can write, but then you can't really speak it, you know? And, and I think that's the sad part. 
Okay, here's the thing. I think that Taiwanese people in general, their mentality is that kind of play through it in their mind. Let's say they're talking to a foreigner, and the foreigner asks her a question, and then they'll play through it in the mind. And if they're only eighty percent sure they got it right, they won't speak it at all. True. How do you help Taiwanese people overcome this kind of problem? I think to communicate more helps because I think what a lot of Taiwanese people have in mind is that they're taking. An exam when they're speaking to foreigners,、oh, the foreigners will、right. look down at them if they speak incorrect English.、Oh. But usually that's not the case, right? When a person talks to you because this person wants to talk to you, yeah. So it doesn't really matter because you know English is not yet an official language of Taiwan, so it's natural for you to make <laughs> mistakes.、Okay. So I would say it's because most Taiwanese people probably don't have a lot of experience of making friends with foreigners,、mm-hmm. so they would think you might be judgmental if I speak. English、uh, with flaws, right? Right, but once they actually start becoming friends, I don't think they will. They will see that people will be minding those mistakes. I know. That much. Yeah, because I always try to tell them that don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just say it. You know, just open your mouth, just say it, and try not to think that you want to say it perfectly. Because once you say it, you feel better about yourself. Like you know, at least I managed. You know, to get what eighty percent of it right. Right. What are some of the problems you've encountered among your students,、um, you know, at your cram school? Like, you know,、um, if you've seen a kid、uh, who used to be very shy and um, very um, lacking confidence in himself, but then later really improved a lot. I mean, do you have like that kind of story to share? A lot, I would say. Yeah, most people coming in with lack of confidence. I guess that's why they seek the help of cram schools in the first place. But I think after some. Introduction of the test, as well as languages, they gradually learn that we learn a language not to pass exams, but to communicate.、Mm-hmm. So I ask them a simple question: What do you think people care about when people communicate? They care about two things, right? Your content, what you say, and your voice, how you say things. They usually don't care about the minor mistakes, like grammatical mistakes that you make.、Oh. Right? For example, if I ask you a question, "What did you do last last weekend?" If you said to me, I go to a park. I wouldn't say no, no. I ask you last weekend. It should be past tense, but people、right. would think that in their minds in the beginning.、Right. So if I tell them it's okay for you to say I go to a park, I have fun, I meet my friends, right? right? Because people would say,、oh, "Good for you." Yeah. So after they change their mindset to know that the goal is to communicate. If people can understand me, then it's good enough. Of course,、oh. you can be better, but for you to have confidence in your voice, for example, for you to be louder. For you、mm-hmm. to make changes in your voice to have、mm-hmm. intonations instead of give your answers or speak like you're reading from a textbook, that will help. Because I think in the Taiwanese education, people don't really focus on how you sound. People mainly focus on what you should be saying. Saying, right? So、yeah. for them to understand that and to practice in class and after class, I think it helps both their English and their Chinese. Because I would be telling, for example, when you speak Chinese, when you present in front of the public. Like in school or at work at a job interview, what, what you want to do is to sound confident, to be confident, to look confident.、Mm. Right, that usually is more important than、mm. the things that you say. Yeah, you know, after people can visualize that, they can try to be like that. So, I would say what I want people to leave with after they have classes with me, or after they have talked, and maybe after listening to this interview as well,、mm. is to be more confident. They might not speak better English. But for them to be more confident, they can present their ideas and thoughts better. I guess that's what I want to do. Wow, you're a good teacher. You say some of the right things, you know, 
And I think I even learned something from you. Yeah. Thank you. Next week, we'll be hearing from David Ting talking about how he was a youth ambassador. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. buttons on RTI's new website for? Those are for Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. You can share RTI content with the click of a button. You mean like this? Yep, just like that. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs> 